0: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Locked On Texans, your daily Texans talk and news podcast. I am one half of the Locked On Texans host, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Before we hop into the Texans, here to tell you about Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them the Locked On Texans sent you their way. As I mentioned, I am one half of the Locked On Texans host. Can't do this show by myself. Won't do this show by myself. Me and my boy Cody, welcome in. Enjoy training camp on Monday. Here to talk about it. What are some of the things we saw? But Cody go ahead and bring it in man give us what we're talking about for today's show and let's hop right on into it
0: and on this Tuesday installment of locked on Texans John actually had an opportunity to join me on yesterday at training camp and he finally saw what I saw Titus Howard playing at left guard that has him fired up. So on today's show, we're going to give more analysis on why Titus Howard should stay at left guard. And then we're going to close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans talking about, once again, another receiver, but Anthony Miller on why he should get a lot of snaps for this upcoming season. But of course, <laughs> we got to kick off this latest installment of Locked On Texans with the latest news surrounding Deshaun Watson because after a five-day absence... Deshaun Watson made his return to practice. Now, ladies and gentlemen, John, you know you and I have not been on board by saying the relationship between the Texans and Deshaun is salvageable. But for the fans out there who are still holding on to some type of hope, there's reason to feel optimistic because on yesterday when Watson made his return to practice, I saw a different Deshaun Watson than what I saw prior to when training camp began, he was a little bit more energetic when he was going through his one on one drills when he was going through warm ups. versus how he was before he actually was a little bit more engaging with his teammates because prior to his five day absence, he was not talking to too many of his teammates and the one thing I loved the most when I saw Deshaun out there for the first time ever I actually saw him hold Give a, a lengthy conversation with yep. Nick Asirio and David cool. Cully Yep. I don't want to read too much into this John and listeners but as I mentioned compared to how Deshaun Watson was when camp first started he was just a guy who was going out there in the words of the great Marshawn Lynch I'm just here so I won't get fined He was just out there going through the motion, man. But yesterday, he sort of seemed like the Deshaun Watson that we all covered over his first three years in Houston. And something was different. Don't know what that difference was, but something was different when Deshaun returned to practice on yesterday. Deshaun wasn't
1: scout team safety. He wasn't scout team running back. He wasn't scout team tight end. He wasn't scout team center. Deshaun Watson yesterday, For me, Cody looked completely engaged, looked like he gave a damn Uh immediately within the first 10 minutes uh, as players were coming onto the field. And this was after Coach Cully gave a welcoming speech to the fans. You know, he's one of those guys where we can understand why he will be a fan favorite or more so a, a player's coach. He does have that energy, that welcoming spirit. So he talked to the fans, told the fans, hey, these guys behind me. We're finna get ready to go through our, our, our drills and our one-on-ones and our practices, but these are the guys you should be cheering for, so we want you to cheer. It really bigged up his team, and I love that, honestly. That's one, that's one of those ways when you get that connection between the coach and the fans. But back to Deshaun Watson, came out on that field, the first thing I noticed was he was having a conversation with Nick Casario publicly. Then later throughout practice, he was having conversations with Cully. And he went through those drills. Let me tell you what I noticed the most. There was a very bad pass to Jordan Veseley, and I think they were just not on the same page communication-wise. Uh, Doing the route, Jordan Veseley broke off, and it looked like Deshaun was expecting for him to keep going, more so like a fly route. Now, from what we have been told or what we have been seeing, whether Deshaun Watson was there or not, You know, maybe he would have just crept back on, back to the back. But what I saw him do was tell the next quarterback, and I think at that point it was Jeff Driscoll, who was gearing up to go and get his rep in. Hey, hold on real quick, man. No, hold on. I ain't like that. Back door, hit a beautiful pass. I can't remember the receiver in stride, touchdown, Deshaun Watson. And when I saw it, I kind of, you know, I took a step back and I said, "Wait a minute, that looks like a guy that really gives a damn."
0: And by the way, John, this was actually the first time Deshaun actually went out there and got those one-on-one reps with the right. receivers, with the running backs, with the tight ends. That wasn't there before he went out due to those injuries. No,
1: it wasn't. And, you know
0: quotation marks, air yeah, quotation, quotation marks, injuries,
1: right? But after missing for five days, showing up on Monday. There's a couple of things that I noticed. I noticed that. Uh, Cody, you mentioned how engaged he was with his teammates. He was out there giving some coaching pointers to Nico Collins. Like, hey, man, you know, try this, try that. He was out there only for half the time, right? What we did mention was he was only out there for the 1v1s, uh, did not stick around for 7-on-7 or
0: 11-on-11. Uh, for whatever reason that is. To me, that is not a big deal because when Pharaoh Brown – and Lonnie Johnson Jr. made their return to practice prior to injury. And as we found out, Farrell Brown was battling COVID. They only stood around for those first two days. They was only a part of practice for the first hour. And they did the same thing Deshaun Watson did. They went to the bat. They undressed. They got themselves together. Then they went back out on the field to join the rest of their team. So and That's what Watson did. He went back out on the field
1: and he still was out there kind of encouraging some of the younger guys, some of the guys that, you know, are looking to actually make the team. There are guys that are written in, right? You got Tunsil, Howard, those type of guys, but we got Cooks and and, and Anthony Miller, I think, are lock-ins to make the team along with Nico, but out there coaching up Nico, giving him points. Those were some of the things that hadn't been reported on previously. And to be quite honest, I still hadn't seen eight or so hours after training camp on Monday, I hadn't seen anybody report on that too much. I saw... Brian Bearfield, you guys may know him as Big Sarge saw Brandon K, Sp- uh, Brandon K. Scott we've had him on the show a, fa- a family to the show saw him talk about a little bit but hadn't really seen some of those prominent I'd say reporters in Houston talk about it too much but those were some of the things that Deshaun Watson was doing even though the pads were off so when the pads were on You saw him make a little difference. Like, hey, you know what? I can do that a little bit better. I know I can do that better. I'm Deshaun Watson. Do you know who I am? (laughs) And he backdoored and hit a beautiful pass. And then when he came back on the field, backdoor was out there giving some coaching tips, right? But, But let me tell you what I love the most, man. As he's walking off, all you hear is, hey, Deshaun. Hey, Deshaun. Deshaun, Deshaun. Deshaun Watson goes over there and autographs for some kids, man. Right? So here's where I'm at right now. As a man, men make mistakes. Men have regrets that sometimes we can't fix. People in general, right? Like, you know, you mm-hmm. go through life and you, you make mistakes and sometimes you wish you could do things differently. The asking price for Deshaun Watson was way too much because Houston doesn't want to give him up. Deshaun Watson may regret Ever putting himself in this situation? I think both sides. Well, I think for Houston, they definitely want him to still be the quarterback come week one because I think this team can definitely compete if Deshaun Watson is their quarterback. Like, I think they can go out and win some games. I think, I think for Watson, he may be in a situation mentally where returning back to this franchise that gave you 156 M's million dollars, a city that it's torn right now until you put that jersey on week one, they're gonna they're gonna love you again, man. That's how sports fans are. He may actually either A wanna be here in Houston now, or B, he's going through the motions to at least say, hey, Houston, I'm playing fair, I'm playing fair. I'm coming to practice, I'm coming to training camp now, I'm putting myself in a position where you guys can at least show teams that he's healthy. He's still able to play, of course. Look what he's out here doing. And so there's a fair communication of I'll do this for you guys if you can do this for me. That's a possibility, right? Let's work together to, to get me in the best situation that I want to be in and get, get you back what you want in the trade. But I can't help but think now uh, that he's regretting what he what, what he did, his request. And, of course, this whole time Houston doesn't – why they're asking for the amount in return in a pandemic. Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson situation is like Harris County. It's in the red. And uh, you know, Houston is asking for so much of return with with no certainty of his of his situation for the future. Teams are scared about that. And you know, as I look around yesterday him interacting with those kids, some of the fans, him interacting with his teammates and those, whatever it was spoken of, spoken about during the conversations between him and Cully. I'm not one of those guys say, just hold your breath. We may see him start week one, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't shock me anymore. But I also think this could be just him saving grace, going through the motions and make sure that teams know that he's actually complying and still wants to be out, but it's going to go through the right
0: process this is why i wanted to break up the difference from where he was prior to that five-day absence to where he was yesterday now today i'm going to keep an eye out on whether or not he gets more reps and that same demeanor that we saw on monday because maybe maybe he just had a good day maybe something happened over the weekend or maybe something happened that morning that just put him in a good mood. to the fact that we saw that change in deshaun i'm going to keep an eye out on that today but Yesterday was a step in the right direction.
1: I will say this. Talked about this last week. If Deshaun Watson is around week one, you may make some money on that. The odds for Deshaun Watson being the quarterback week one for the Houston Texans, now plus 700 at betonline.ag. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. The reason why BetOnline.ag is the best, you get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA action, and, of course, the NFL. Again, go to BetOnline.ag and use promo code On. To receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit, Bet Online is your online sportsbook expert. Welcome back and thank you guys for sticking around talking about the Houston Texans. Happy to do that on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Texans. One thing that I noticed about Coach Cully, he was still kind of pissed and hung off, hung up on those uh, penalties from Saturday. Like you know, he opened up his speech, talked to the crowd, said how excited he was. But still, was like, hey, we need to clean up some things. Those three penalties on Saturday, and uh, mentioned yesterday on yesterday's show. That's good. He's a attention to detail kind of coach. Uh, yesterday, I saw him allowing his coaches to do a lot of coaching. Really, wasn't in the mix like that. Uh, spoke to the team, but that I, I just like that. You know, he's turned to a guy where you brought him in. Fans were pissed off. I was one of those guys that was kind of like scratching my head. Why him? But it, as the months kept going, you can kind of like start rooting for him a little bit. And, and I listen, I can't wait to see what happens on Saturday. I keep saying it, but that's because it's the God on his truth. And with that being said, I can't wait to see how the combination of Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard and left tackle, left guard is going to work out. Not only for Saturday, but for this rest of this year. I think that's an experiment that needs to stay permanent, Cody. I'm gonna tell you why. Uh, when I looked at Howard at left guard, it allows Houston to really explore different ways to include him in that run game with its with his athleticism on a couple of times Monday. Saw him get, get get pulled a lot. Saw him run a couple power O's, man. Saw him take out a couple of uh linebackers that made room for Mark Ingram on in one play. I Philip Lindsay on another play. I think that was more so of a sweep where he pulled on. Uh, Then I saw him on a trap block as well. Took out the DN. Yo, that dude can move, man. He can move. He looks much more leaner. You know, he's, he's always looked massive. He's a big dude, but he looks more leaner. Looks like he's a little bit more. He has more strength now. So him pulling with his speed, he has good footwork. He's able to get down that line quickly. Get to that next level, clear something out, get the line back out the way so the line, so the running back can have, you know, an opportunity to get to the second and third level, which is something that we did not see a lot last year. Running backs for Houston, whether it was David Johnson, uh Duke Johnson, they had a very difficult time uh getting to the second level without getting touched. Man, a lot of times they was getting hit at the line of scrimmage. That's how bad that offensive line was, and considering uh, well, considering the run game. Him and Landry Tunsil, uh, I saw him combo block on one, man. And listen, that combo block that he had, I want to say that was Malik Collins. Malik couldn't go nowhere. They had him. it was an all state because he was in good hands. I, I like the fact that, you know, they're going to make their left side. And, of course, they're still experimenting with it. But there was a couple of times where either he was at left guard or he went to left tackle but I did not see him play any right side of that offensive line. And uh, they know what they got now, man. They're going to load up on their left side. They're going to make that their power side. They're going to make it to where we are comfortable going to this side because our guy is going to be your guy. And for Titus Howard, you got to ask yourself, this may have should have been the move when he first came into the league. He was drafted a couple of months later. Texans traded for Larry Tunsil. Him playing beside Tunsil helps him out tremendously. And I I, got to say, man, this is one of those decisions where I asked myself, why wasn't this thought of last year, you know, with Bill O'Brien and and Mike Devlin, or did they try to level off the offensive line because maybe he was the better talent? He was a better option for right guard than uh, Zach Foden was. He was also a better option than right tackle. So, you know, how do you figure that out? but he may be in a position where you got your guy on your your shoulder and they have looked great, you know, seeing them communicate like how they communicate. They look like best friends out there. You got your guy on your left side, so you know that he's going to be able to take care of his job nine times out of ten. You clean up the rest, handle what's inside, and when they need to move you, you got the quickness, you got the speed, you have the strength to pull, make some room for whoever's going to be the running back at that time. Houston clearly knew why they needed to experiment with that. That was a great observation for the likes of James Camp and David Culley. And I'm sure Nick Casario had a say in that as well. And I think that experiment needs to stay permanent for the foreseeable future. And if I'm a running back, if I'm Lindsey, if I'm Ingram, if I'm Johnson, I like that. And especially if I'm. And I'm presuming to be David Johnson, but whoever is going to be the receiving back or whoever would be the receiving back for that play. And if you throw a screen, I like that because I know my boy can move. I know he can get out to that spot and make some space for me. Or if we weren't in a power o and we need to get a couple of yards, if I'm Mark Ingram, I like that. I know we can
0: he can get out there and move some bodies. And what you also forgot to mention is the protection that they provided for Tyrod Taylor. And maybe that is why, if your speculations are correct, why Deshaun Watson might be reconsidering his trade requests. And for Howard personally, that change from right tackle to left guard has also improved his run blocking because, John, as you mentioned, you just finished talking about the gaps that Howard and Tunsil were able to create. I know what play you're talking about and the gaps that they made mark ingram and philip Lindsay were able to exploit that b gap perfectly and that is where the houston texans are going to be able to move this ball on the offensive side of the ball for this upcoming season i can see houston exploring
1: more power o's 26 or trap plays where they're moving power getting them over there like i said i can also see houston In short yardage plays where they put Mark Ingram in, and you know, he's like a bulldog, man. (laughs) He's going to try to get after. I can see them running some. Ooh, I can see them being a very good team on ISOs because they're just, they're going to line them up one by one, and we're going to get after you. We're going to trust that our guy is going to be bigger, nastier, faster, and quicker to the spot than your guy is. And that's why I think this offensive line on their left side is going to be good, man, because, you know, they're the best, best talent. So, you, we trust Britt to do his job as center, right? You no, know, healthy. He's a great center. We trust Lane Taylor. We trust Marcus Cannon. That's what we're not talking about. Marcus Cannon was out there yesterday. He was doing a very good job of bringing that pro experience to that offensive line, coaching them up a little bit, getting them to where some of those guys like Charlie Heck, amongst others, using their hands more, getting to their spot. Saw that a lot. So, you know, Cannon is a pro. Britt is a pro. Lane is a pro. Uh, Max Sharpen, what what would they
0: do with him? I was about to say, don't forget October? about the improvements he has showcased throughout exactly. the journey camp. Will
1: he be more so of a right guard now because of his youth and maybe he's more durable than a, than Elaine Taylor? You got to uh, keep him
0: there. You, gotta yeah, you, know, you got to keep him there. Right? So that's he has they, looked so look much at, better.
1: Which is why Saturday is one of those days where Max Sharpin could have been on there who's, who's needed, who need the most time for preseason the conversation we had yesterday on yesterday's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um but for their left side, but that's the most talented side, and I think they're comfortable with those massive bodies. They're strong and quick. That's what we're not, we're not really giving them too much credit how quick they are with their strength as well. This is something that makes me wonder why didn't Mike Devlin experiment, experiment with this before? But it's because it's Mike Devlin. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend thirty, fifty, or even a hundred percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG one four five six fuel pump assembly for a two thousand five through two thousand ten hundred Odyssey costs three hundred fifty three ninety nine at advance, a big chain store. But it only costs two hundred sixteen seventy nine at rockauto.com. Chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Betting on the Houston Texans, guys, does not have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Best podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Best podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. Whatever you get podcasts.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And as we close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans, John, I am about to start the Anthony Miller fan club because that young man has had a really great training camp. And on yesterday, I saw some things from that young man where I said to myself, I hope that he is the Texans number three receiver moving forward doing the one-on-one drill i had an opportunity to watch him run this in and out route on tavier thomas burned him and caught a beautiful pass once again from deshaun watson and then doing the was that 11-on-one? the hold on was
1: that the because i think i caught that that was my was that the one we it was one where ran this route and it looked like he was running a slant and then he broke it back off yeah and, oh my gosh yeah, yeah listen guys listen <laughs> hey man <laughs> That route, cause I'm sitting there. I think at this point I had, uh I had a. I'm gonna tell you, I I enjoyed my day. I had a jerk chicken egg roll. I'm sitting there. I'm eating. My, I know, right? It sounds sounds crazy. <laughs> I had a jerk chicken egg roll with some sprite. I'm sitting there. I'm eating it. I almost missed it because I put my food down to pick up my drink. As he was going, but I caught it and I said, "Yo, man, hey." He's going to demolish Nichols this year.
0: Man. Because and
1: Anthony Miller, essentially, he has the ability, doesn't have the height, but he has the ability to play outside receivers.
0: I think he does. And, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of a young Brandon Cooks. Oh, my gosh. And they are the same size, same height. And what I like about Anthony Cooks Miller. is a
1: little I, bit more speedier, but I can oh see yeah, yeah.
0: Cooks is a little bit more, more faster, but – what I like most about Anthony Miller, and it's part of the reason why Brandon Cooks has always been one of my favorite receivers in this league. Their talents, you could line them up in a slot. They could beat you with their speed. But they're so gifted to the point where you can line them up on the outside as well. And that is part of the reason why going into this season, look, I know the wide receiver core is by far one of the most competitive positions out there for the texans as of right now as we mentioned on yesterday when we talked about chris moore the texans as of right now have 11 wide receivers and out of that 11 you can expect that number to drop down somewhere in the range of six to seven but anthony miller the texans need to make sure that they give him the right amount of snaps and utilize him better than what he had in chicago because all the only thing this guy needs is an opportunity and a chance. And just like he said following the team scrimmage on Saturday, he feels like he's he has an opportunity to get that chance and get that opportunity here in the city of Houston. Man, John, Anthony Miller, fans and listeners, Anthony Miller, along with Nico Collins, that has the potential to create a really good dynamic duo for this team moving forward. Also with Anthony Miller, you know, he's on the last year of his rookie deal.
1: So what do you want, Cody? He wants that contract. Oh, most definitely. Make sure he's an unrestricted free agent. He's in a position – he needs to be in a position for himself to get that contract, whether it be in Houston or for another team. I think Houston gave up – what was it, the fourth round, fifth round pick for him Mm -hmm. for next year's draft, a draft that is going to be very talented, I, I think outside of the quarterback position. Next year's draft
0: is going to be phenomenal. So a fifth-round pick, you know, that's that means something. I, at least I think so. And plus, you also got to mention, because he struggled in Chicago, the Texans are going to be able to bring him back him on a very friendly yeah, deal. I'm glad you
1: said that. Uh, he's been in a situation in Chicago where he didn't have the targets he wanted on top of Allen Robinson being the big dog out there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Miller had to deal. With the quarterback revolving door, whether it was Trubisky, Foles, and occasionally uh, Chase Daniels, none of which is a quarterback that you would prefer throwing you the ball. For Miller, the one part of his game that'll be the asset in his ability to get open due to is due to his route running. He's very shifty. He works the slot very good. But these are things that you already know, right? We just talked about it. That being said, Miller absolutely needs those reps. He needs those reps. And I can see his targets because last year he only caught 50 passes and eventually he lost his playing time due to Mooney and his emergence in Chicago. I can see his targets this year being under 50 and I'm okay with that, right? I- I'm not expecting to see this offense be a-, a passing offense, but I will say with his targets, those need to be explosive. I, you know, I can see Miller with his ability being a 13-catch type of receiver, especially working him in a slot where, you know, he's getting opportunities and put in situations where he actually can win against the defender, right? So I'm expecting for him, those target numbers, I, the targets may be there, the receptions may not be there, but either or, I can see both of those numbers. I expect maybe both of those numbers to be down from last year year although you, you kind of question whether or not he's going to be the number two receiver on this team or will it be you know uh collins will it be conley still wonder who's going to be the number two because we know who the number one is at least we've got a conversation for tomorrow with Houston. may explore moving on but if those targets and reception numbers are down i would like for him to be one of those 12 to 13 yard per catch kind of guy man because what that's telling me is you are a weapon that Houston knows they have, and they put you in situations to where you can extend drives because you're good at getting the first down, moving forward, moving those chains. And, and for me, that's what I'm looking forward to from Miller this year, not necessarily getting a lot of those targets and a lot of those you know reps or whatever, just him being a valuable threat for Houston. It's the small things that make an offense like this without a star-studded quarterback that matter.
0: I'm Cody Davis and this is another installment of locked on Texans your daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24 once again that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24
1: follow us on Twitter at locked on Texans and like us on Facebook to my point about Anthony Miller I want to end it off with this 2018 He averaged 12.8 yards per catch. 2019 averaged 12.6. It was only last year due to him losing his spot to Dermoney, where he averaged 9.9 yards per catch. The guy can absolutely do it. We just got to put him in a position to win, right? Tomorrow's episode is going to be super fun, going to be exciting. Cannot wait to discuss the Houston Texans with my boy, Cody, but with the world, the listeners, the Locked On Texans fans. And so we'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace and beat the Texas heat